What's up, everyone? This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. And Rich, just right off, I got to tell you, it felt pretty good to be back on Sunday with the packed house. And yes, I know it's the all new GEHA field at Arrowhead, but uh, it felt like the old Arrowhead with it being, you know, back to said full capacity, packed house. Uh, I really felt like old times out there, didn't it? Without a doubt. I was telling my buddy that I attended the game with that. I got chills several times just hearing how loud the place was. Sea of Red. Even though the name is is very long to say, um, it, like you said, it was still the same old Arrowhead. And that may be one of the loudest games I remember. Obviously, I didn't go to any games last year, but that was pretty loud. It was pretty insane for it to be a middle-of-the-day game. So really proud of what Arrowhead brought yesterday. Yeah, and, well, and I think if I remember correctly, because obviously you didn't get to go to a game last year. I went. I just went to the AFC Championship game last year. But um, if I remember correctly, I think you said the last one you went to was that was it the Texans playoff game from two years ago. It was the Titans AFC Championship game. Oh, Titans! So you did go to the Titans. Okay, yeah, because I, I think when I was thinking of the loudest I remember was during that Texans game. Like obviously we had those. Um, you know, those different being down. <laughs> yeah, it was like being down and then we had like the blocked punt and like all the different uh um well sorry, it wasn't the blocked punt, it was the uh sorry it was the kickoff that we got fumble, um that the crowd like just went like roared and it was just that was loud then, but I think what we had seen yesterday was probably yeah, the loudest I had seen in a, a long time, especially especially on an actual like punt. Like in you know, we'll get more into that here in a little bit, but I thought it was just really loud. Like, I mean, if obviously if we had like a dome, I think the ground probably would be shaking like extra hard. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and I don't know if you've ever done the stadium tour, but part of the stadium tour, which I recommend it for anyone, it's like $25. You can just sign up on the Chiefs website. Um, it's a little bit harder during the regular season, but during the off season, it's pretty accessible. They have you down on the field and you get to like, say, yell go Chiefs or something like that. And mm-hmm. with 20 people, you create a nice little sound. I can't imagine 80,000 plus yelling at the top of their lungs what it sounds like. So like you mentioned, right, we'll get into it talking about that dropped punt, but Arrowhead was crazy. It was insane. It's it's watching, um, what is it, Un- Undisputed with Shannon Sharp and um, Skip Bayless this morning. And, and Shannon mentioned he was like, that place was rocking. I've played there several times. Yeah, there's no place like Arrowhead, so it was awesome to see that back. Great thing to experience again. Yeah, definitely, and home opener and everything. It, uh, yeah, it was it was just actually it was a great part to be around all those uh, fans once again for sure. Now, what'd you think about um, the cashless experience? Everything going digital, pay with a card, whether it's the scan or obviously an actual card. You know. I it's funny you ask that because, um, you know, obviously if you're a season ticket member, you get, you know, a discount at like for like food and merchandise, right? And the, only way you can, that. <laughs> and the only way you can do it now is you pull up on your phone on the app and they have to scan a barcode. Well, they, for some reason, um, when, uh, we were, you know, trying to go into concessions and try to use it for some reason, the, uh, the barcode wouldn't scan. So he had to actually type in the number to get it to work. It, I feel like, um, I mean, I know that's kind of where, you know, society is probably trying to go. And obviously it's a way different topic to talk about, but um, you know, with all not a lot of things, not doing cash anymore, but um, I feel like there's a better method that they could do. I don't know about what you felt about that, but it just, 
I, yeah, I felt like there was still a little bit so new that they haven't adjusted to how it could actually work better. Right. And I thought about that as well. Um, I always enter the 50, 50 raffle and it took about two or three tries. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it got up there pretty high. I think it was at like what one forty something, one thirty something, one thirty five or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> with the winner getting about sixty five, which I still have not checked my eighty tickets. But um, that's what I thought. I had the same thought process of, and they they still haven't worked out some some of the kinks. It's the first game though that they've gone to this capacity. Obviously, their servers couldn't handle it because there were just a lot of delays and things like that. Um, I like I said, I did forget to use my season ticket discount, which it would have helped. With yeah. The amount of money I spent on um, drinks and food, which are yeah, also, by the way, they have this new thing out there where it's like macaroni and cheese topped with burnt ends. Oh, gosh. Um, and for the $14 price tag that it comes with, it was really good because I paid like $9 for a pretzel. Okay. And right. it was terrible. Um, so if they send out one of those food surveys, I'm definitely going to say, hey, guys, we should probably invest in decent pretzels because these are like the Sam's Club generic <laughs> yeah. brand that you buy you know and they were just terrible but um yeah it was it, it was it was good to get back out there i really liked um oh another good thing man is that i think they did an amazing job with the traffic um traffic was flowing um i got dropped off i was like i'm not paying the you know the, um, the crazy amount of parking um i got dropped off and i was in and out of the stadium let's say as in when i was ready to be picked up or when i got dropped off and I don't know, a total of 40 minutes between both ways. Whereas in the past, I think the longest has taken me to get out of the stadium was three hours. Wow. Um, so there's, so there's seems to be some, maybe with the, you know, all the time that they haven't, that they've had with COVID on, on not worrying about 80,000 people being there and that amount of cars, you know, they've maybe run through some situations, but it seems like, you know, we're, we're finally catching up with the rest of the stadiums in the NFL or just in the country of, fan experience from food to, you know, to what is it called? Contactless pay to improving our, our parking situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all a good direction. It seems like Clark is uh, forwarding or progressing with the franchise, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you did have the experience of dropping off and, and, and getting picked up and it, mm-hmm. it sounds like that got better. I wouldn't say as far as if you drove to the game and you left, it got better because um, it was probably one of what, oh, then again, we, you know, when I go, you know, either with my dad or a friend or something like that, we normally will, um, you know, probably try to, as soon as we get out of the game, we'll try to leave. Um, but for this time we kind of stayed a little bit extra and it was kind of ridiculous getting out, I will say, uh, more so than I would say normal. So I don't know what it was with that. And like I said, normally we don't normally stay that to after the game that late. So that's possibly what it was too. Cause normally if you, if you can, once you get out to the, your parking lot and you you know you know your ways around it, you've been there enough. You can get out there pretty quick. So it might it might have just been that while we kind of had a bad bad experience on the way home. Um, but uh, that's good to hear about as far as the pickup and um, you know drop off lines because I remember that used to be crazy. Um, so at least if this if they got that right, that's good too. Yeah, I mean, and cool thing is Browns fans. I mean, they don't they were all pretty cool. Um, I mean, I. I I guess, you know, maybe it's that Midwest hospitality, you know, we're just good old country folks. But, um, yeah, I mean, didn't have any issues, you know, with with Browns fans or Browns fans listening to, like, you know, the directions of traffic that cops were giving and security and all that stuff. So it was just a, a pretty nice overall experience. I think people are just glad that football is back and 
Um, I'm sure someone ended up on some social media page somewhere with some kind of complaint or fight or something like that. Oh but yeah. Always overall, happens. it was it was good. You know, I think the the sound came from people's excitement to be back um, at full capacity at Arrowhead. So overall, I mean, I liked it. Um, so yeah, so can't wait to get back out there for the Chargers game. Just just one last thing, real quick. Um, I was what your experience if you had some Browns fans around you, and we had. Uh, we had probably about seven or eight Browns fans that were about two rows in front of us. And they, I mean, you know, it, it's just one of those friendly things throughout the game that you talk, nothing like, you know, fights were going to start or anything like that. And then at the end of the game, you know, we, we bump fist, you know, saying, you know, Hey, good game. And, right. you know, I, I told them, hope you guys beat the Steelers and you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I didn't have any bad experience with the Browns fans. And I, and I hope that the ones that, you know, at least we interacted with or, they didn't have a bad experience either because I, I hate whenever you see these news articles that come out, you know, days after a day after yeah. at a Chiefs game, either in the upper deck, which actually normally what happens, you know, fights with two different opposing fans and, or just different stuff that makes us look bad. Because I feel like overall our fans, when it comes to opposing teams, you know, we're, we're pretty polite, I would think. Yeah, we're definitely not like um, San Francisco 49ers who somebody always ends up in some social media video right of a fight or something like that whether it's a Dodgers game or a Niners game or a Rams game so I agree I mean Browns fans that were around us you know of course they do their their bark which I still think is super funny that you know grown men and women do just bark but hey you know that's their thing we sit there and chop um, chop so um you know everybody has their own thing um but yeah it was it was just a good experience overall I think everyone's just enjoyed being back at a normal NFL football setting awesome awesome well, hey, before we actually get into breaking down of the game um, and stats that follow, I'd just like to remind you all that if you haven't listened to any of our previous recordings, they are available on all of our major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. And you can also check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages for the very latest on our upcoming episodes. Um, with that being said, I'll turn it over to you, Rich, and you can kind of give us a little bit of breakdown for some of the stats that we had seen from the uh, Cleveland Browns game yesterday. Yeah. So for all of our stat heads, people that love looking at the box scores in the game stats, game score, Chiefs 33, Browns 29. Total yards, 457 for the Browns, 397 for the Chiefs. Time of possession, 32-47 for the Chiefs, 27-13 for the Browns. Two turnovers completed by the Browns, completed or done by the Browns, right? None on the Chiefs' end. Um, one, Two interesting stats I always like to look at is the passing and the rushing yardage breakout. So Browns are at 304 yards, Chiefs at 324, which is probably going to be a common theme for the Chiefs, right? Passing more than other teams. Rushing-wise, something the Browns do really well with, 153 yards rushing, Chiefs. About half of that at 73 yards. Um, so, yeah, going over those numbers. Oh, and then penalties. Um, we're, we were almost tied in exactly the same numbers. We both had five penalties. Browns had 30 yards worth of penalties. We had 36. Um, so, I guess not terrible for first game of the season from a penalty perspective. Of course, I remember some um, illegal shifts or things like that by the Browns. You know, some, some little bit of movement early on from – Chiefs players and stuff like that. Right. Um, but overall, when looking at some of those stats, I mean, I mentioned I expect the Chiefs to to 
always have more passing yards than rushing yards. Would have liked to see a little bit more rushing yards from our end, but the defensive line by the Browns um, is pretty good, so they did a good job of containing us there. It's always good to win the turnover battle, right? Um, you know, the the game-clinching interception there at the end is good. In time of possession, I felt like the Browns had a lot of the ball, especially in that first half. And, um, I mean, just with how they play, right, with a lot of running and play action, all those things, kind of surprised that we had five more minutes possession. But I know a lot of it was there at the end, right, when we just won the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think it was more so probably – even uh, for that time of possession, if you don't really count they were towards the end of the game. Um, and like I said, you look at pretty much um, just from like total yards aspect, aspect uh, there's, they're even there, right? Um, I mean, for the most part, if you look at those, those team totals, team stats, they're, um, you know, like I said, they're pretty even. Obviously, um, you know, one of the bigger things that we came out of today is obviously Patrick Mahomes sets two more records. Um, he is now past... Dan Marino for the most touchdown passes in the first 50 games, which Mahomes has done it in 47. So he now has 117 career touchdown passes, and Dan Marino had 116. And he also set the record for the most passing yards, where he passed Kurt Warner with uh, for uh, most passing yards in the first 50 games. Once again, only at 47 starts, um, and that was 14,489 yards. And Warner had 14,372. So there's a little bit of some insight there too as well. And not only that, but just said Mahomes only played 47 games and um, he's now had 10 comebacks from yeah. down 10 points or more. That's impressive. That's, I mean, that's like Tom Brady-esque um, composure, right? Not to panic, not to just start doing things that don't make sense. Um, it's, it would be a little cocky or arrogant to say that I don't panic with Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. at the helm, even when we're down, but just like in that AFC championship game versus the Titans and we were down or even versus the Texans, that, that big lead that they pulled out in front of. Um, I didn't panic even yesterday. Um, I did kind of think this is going to be interesting. We're going to have to really do something here quickly. And that's when he threw that strike to Tyree kill, which was an amazing throw. Obviously, a great play by Tyreek Hill, which we'll get into here shortly. But, I mean, his numbers alone yesterday, 337 yards for three touchdowns. Um, I mean, he's just balling outrageous in, in the first game. Um, it's it's hard to not get so hyped, you know, after some of the quarterbacks that we've watched over, at least in my lifetime, right, the last mm-hmm. 37 years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill had an amazing day too, right, 11 receptions. 197 yards and one touchdown, which I'm sure everyone remembers this touchdown. Um, can't forget about the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey, always being his security blanket. Two touchdowns there. Um, so, yeah, just an amazing game to be at, to watch. There's a reason why I was on primetime during the afternoon. Um, you know, they can't put us on Sunday night every game, every week, right? Because we'd, <laughs> um, we'd probably never let anyone else be on Sunday or Monday night. So, Yeah, you got to give it to some other teams for sure to watch it on that. Uh, so, yeah, we can kind of just, you know, go from yeah the actual overall game discussion and kind of start there from the beginning. Um, so, obviously, um, you know, we had there kind of struggled there at first. Um, you know, especially on, you know, defense where they were just, 
they were hitting us with every single misdirection possible and we were falling for it. It just, it, it didn't seem like there was anything on the defense that they were doing right. That could stop them, you know, there at the beginning. And, um, what was it when, uh, obviously they, when they scored and they went up six, nothing and, you know, it started with, I believe it was Chris Jones. that was offsides. Um, yeah, then they went for that two point conversion and made that made it eight nothing, uh, and just you know it, it just seemed like it was just a, it was a struggle there at that point. Uh, and then obviously, you know we you know we we have a nice drive, and we only come up with three points. Yeah, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, we should have went for it on fourth down, right? <laughs> but I'm like, it's too early in the game. You can't right. take points. You know, there's that old phrase: you don't take points off the board. Right. Exactly. Uh, early in that game, even though you know, I'm sitting there in the stands, like, ah, I should go for it too. But nah, the more the, the good thing is, like, you know, hey, you gotta just you gotta just take the points because they went for it on fourth down on their drive too. Obviously, before they got that touchdown and they and they made it, um, but uh, they knew obviously coming in the Arrowhead. And how we played them last year, and how we always play, they have to score points. They they know they have to score points, and I think that there was nothing in them that said we were going to kick the field there. So they knew that they had to do that. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, in the mental aspect of it, right? You you know, you go right. in someone else's house, especially like Arrowhead, and you're like, man, we're going for it. So Stefanski, I think, did an amazing job with almost everything, um, you know, in this game. So and especially that two point. Let's say going for those going for that conversion there early on in the game. Right. Uh and then so then they, you know, they get the ball back after we get the uh field goal. And then they come down and they have a pretty nice drive, which another fourth down uh was that Jarvis Landry, which ended up being a touchdown run, which obviously at first I don't know if you thought it was a touchdown. I I couldn't really tell um at first, but then the more obviously we had seen the replay, it looked like he had crossed the plane and there was no doubt that was a touchdown. Yeah, and, and if I'm not uh, mistaken, that was in, in my end zone. Um, what they were like right below where I sit. And yeah, I knew right away it was a touchdown. I actually I think I had like run to the bathroom or something like that, and I was like, it's a touchdown. <laughs> you were like, uh, it's a, it's yeah, you got enough you got enough time to come back and touchdown. But right. um, you know, at that point, like I said, it's fifteen three, you know, both of those drives, Cleveland had it just it, it just didn't seem like I don't know if the you know, obviously, you know, us missing um, Tyron Matthew so far in the game at that point, it just didn't seem like there was any direction or, or anybody just, you know, like I said, those misdirection plays, no one was staying home. I think Neiman missed one of those. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but it just seemed like they were, they had a good game plan to get us off, you know, get us off our toes on that point. Uh, it just, it, it, you know, at that point it didn't seem, it didn't really seem like it was going well. Um, on the defensive side. And then we get the ball back um, and we had that really nice drive and, you know, Mahomes does what he does best, right? He, he uh, gets pressured and he gets loose, scrambles around, you know, does that little pump fake. He's going to throw somebody. Then he runs it in for a touchdown, uh, which is a real, is really nice play. Like we've, we've seen that time and time again already, you know, just in the short amount of time he's been our starting quarterback. What do you think about that drive? No, nope, got some little sound just playing here on one of my stat windows. Ah, um, <laughs> I happen said I was up to you all the time. Yeah, I mean, so the it's funny because like as he starts scrambling, of course, I just get flashbacks to the Super Bowl as opposed to all the amazing plays he's done. 
Um, and I actually thought he was going to throw to, was it Clyde Edwards-Alaire that's in the corner um, right there. But he, had, I mean, by then he had already committed to, you know, going forward. It's one of those where they're either going to kill you. Um, so you might as well just run it in. I mean, and, and thankfully he was able to sneak in right by, um, I can't remember. I want to say it was Creed Humphrey. Um, and basically walked into the end zone. Yeah, untouched. Uh, untouched. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, again, right on the show this morning, um, they were talking about how, man, some teams, like, because he's such a likable guy, some teams just don't even hit him. Like, if that's Tom Brady or, I don't know, Cam Newton or one of those quarterbacks that just Ryan Fitzpatrick or something like that, everyone's going for the kill shot. And it's like the Browns are just like, crap, he's, he's, he got in. Um. So, yeah, so that was a a cool little drive there. I mean, and it was one that was much needed, right, because we just didn't have any answers for things. We were moving the ball. We obviously moved the ball better on that drive. Um, but when you have a player of, with, of his caliber, with his talent, um, and let's say with his desire to get in the end zone like that, you, know, you just got to take the play for what it is, right? It's just an absolutely brilliant individual effort. I agree. Uh, and then – so then right before – yeah, a little bit left in the second quarter. They get the ball back, come down again, have a six-play, 81 drive, and the Nick Chubb run, just he was untouched. Yeah. He, I was just – I mean, when as soon as he you saw him, you know, broke around that corner just a, a second, you're like, he's in. Like, I mean, you, you, I mean, there's no way he's stopping him. He's fast when he gets, you know, out there at the outside, and there was nobody out there. It was just like – at that point, you know, and they go up 22-10, with two minutes and 55 seconds left in the half, you're just sitting there like this defense is not going to stop them all day. I mean, they're, they're not, they're just not going to stop them. They have to find something, uh, you know, some way uh, to, to change it up because the way that with play actions and just those runs, we just were, we were getting hammered. And, and obviously we know, you know, Frank Clark being out really kind of hurt us because he does help us on, um, on the run game a lot. So him not being there, that, that that kind of, you know, really, at that point anyways, uh, was really a key thing. Him and obviously, like I said, Tyron Matthew again. Yeah, I mean, and, um, now that I remember, Jarvis, that that drive in the second quarter, or those drives in the second quarter, they're actually opposite in them because I remember just seeing this humongous hole that Nick Chubb ran through for 18 yards on that touchdown scramble. Um, and, yeah, it was just one of those things where, to be honest, like I just didn't see how we were going to stop their rush because they were just running all over us, whichever way they wanted. And that's how the Browns play, right? As soon as Odell got hurt and they didn't have to worry about throwing the ball as much last year, and they started playing more of a, you know, run, run the ball, play action with both of their good running backs hitting Landry. Um, they were much better, and they continued that in this first game. I think Stefanski caught an amazing game for the most part. I think he outcoached Reed. Um, it's just Reed had the better players there at the end of the day, right? But, yeah, I mean, that, that scramble to Nick Chubb was just very worse and very deflating there. Um, let's say about four minutes away from um, – I'm sorry, it wasn't about four minutes away, but, you know, as as the second quarter was ending there. Right. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, really I, I remember heading in for halftime. Um, I was like, man, I got to go get some food or something or, <laughs> or, you know, get some get a drink. Um, you know, maybe something something different will happen. Um, and, yeah, and then obviously we come out and it's just completely different, which is something that the Chiefs always do, right, starting out the third quarter, um, playing much better. Looks like there was definitely some adjustments or some people got ripped into at the half. Um, 
yeah, they just came out different. Um, I mean, you can continue the, the, the drive by drive analysis. I think you're doing a great job of that. Yeah. So just kind of a little quick back, back, I'll say the back check real quick as far as right before the second, you know, right before, sorry, halftime, um, you know, we're up 22-10. We get the ball back just for a little bit left to go in, in that second quarter. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like, hey, if we can get like a field goal out of this drive, something, you know, it'd be good to go in the half because we get the ball back. So it's almost like, hey, we score here. Whether it be three points or a touchdown, yeah, touchdown preferred, we're getting the ball back again and we'll take, we can take the lead or, you know, tie it or get, you know, pretty close if we only got a field goal. And uh, that, so that was kind of disappointing there at the end of the half. That we couldn't we couldn't do that. Um, I will say that our last, I think it was like yeah, it was our very last play of the um, of the second quarter is when um, you know our, our defense actually did pretty well um, for for that last drive. Obviously, then they ran the clock out, and I don't know, I still don't know why the Browns. Well, they called that timeout because they wanted to do a hail mary, which I, I thought that was really weird. They but did, did that, you but. see how close they were? I mean. We we pulled something off like that. Remember in Dallas a few years ago, and mm-hmm. we scored right with Alex when Alex Smith was still the quarterback. Um, but yeah, when they threw that, um, I mean, I, I really didn't. I, I was like, Baker doesn't have the arm to throw it that far. Um, but they, I mean, that was a brilliant play call, and thankfully we had some good tackles there. If not, man, they could have snuck in seven on us there at the half. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a kind of decent. I like that that play was kind of decent. How he ran that hail mary, but yeah, I was I, at first I was like, why are we why are we got six guys on the line and all that stuff and uh, it, yeah. Anyways, it turned out that we they didn't get anything there in the in the half. But um, so yeah, back in so we come out in the second half and that's when we have that nice fourteen play seventy five yard drive. Um, you know, um, Mahomes hits Kelsey for that eleven yard. Uh, touchdown pass then it hits up at 22 17 and now you're thinking like okay well um oh they get the ball back we haven't stopped them you know other than that one you know a couple possessions or it really was just that one possession there at the end of the second half really um that we actually looked pretty decent so okay what's going to happen now they probably made second half adjustments they might do something different and that's when they have that that drive it only took three plays, and uh, Thornhill, you know, makes Chubb fumble, and Neiman gets the ball. And so now, you know, the crowd's getting a little bit pumped back up in it. We're thinking, okay, we come down, score seven again, go up 24-22, uh, but we end up with a 10-play, 28-yard drive. Kind of disappointing, but we end up getting a field goal, so we're still right there. So what would say? What would say? I would say like right there. Did you did you feel like a little bit momentum was starting to change as far as on the defensive side right there, or do you still think that was just kind of one of those plays that we always seem to sometimes get or break for us? Well, I think what it did the most is it got Arrowhead back into it when Thornhill put. I mean, he puts his helmet perfectly on the ball, and the ball pops out. Um, I think that's what it did is it got just Arrowhead back into it, the crowd back into it. I think in the second quarter, you know, the Browns are just playing their game, running the ball, and the crowd was taken out of it. And you get to halftime, we score, we're, you know, we're feeling it. Now it's like, okay, defense, what are you going to do? Come up with that stop. And that's when I started feeling, okay, you know, this is going to go different. Like, we're, we're going to go back to that bend but don't break um, defense, which we did break a few times in the first half. But um, without a doubt, that that Thornhill fumble, and of course, right, if it's not Daniel Sorensen, it's Ben Neiman. 
always um, making that one play or two plays that makes you forget about the five or six that they don't. Um, but yeah, Thornhill with the great hit. Um, you know, that's that's one of the best ways to dislodge a, a ball from a pretty secure or a pretty strong um, running back in Nick Chubb. And then Ben Neiman picks it up. And like you mentioned, right, we didn't get a touchdown out of it. Got a fail goal, but points are points. And uh, based on the final score, I mean, we would have taken those three points better than zero, right? Oh, yeah. And, and especially how we have Bud Kerr as, you know, one of the best kickers in the league. Even though he did struggle at some times last year, he picked it up towards the end of the year. Um, you know, yeah, he just, was money. Yeah, he was. He was ever since um, he had those struggles last year. He, I haven't had a single doubt about him since um, when he's kicking the field goal out there. So um, I'll take three points, like I said, any time on that. Uh, and then they come back. Then the Browns come back. They have a little nine play, seven seventy five yard drive themselves, and they end up getting a touchdown off of that one. I believe it was a Javers Landry catch. I think it was 11 yards, I believe, um, to go up 29-20. That was the Kareem Hunt touchdown, wasn't it? Uh, was it the Kareem Hunt touchdown? Maybe it was. I think – oh, yeah, you're right. It was the Kareem Hunt touchdown. I, got, I was looking at something different. Um, so that was the uh, – yeah, that was the Kareem Hunt touchdown when he jumped into the crowd. And the fan pushed him right back. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was it's great funny to back. see. Um, I mean, like, I get it. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's situation was – different here in Kansas city and how it ended. Um, I think everyone agree. Well, not everyone, but most people agree that the, if, if Brett Veach and let's say even Clark Hunt had known kind of what the NFL was going to do, they probably wouldn't have released them because they're just different with certain situations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from an ethical perspective, they had to make that move, but Kareem Hunt, it's still always like bitter or, bummed or whatever it is but anytime he plays us he's as hype as can be um you know every time he scored he was extra hype compared to normal i mean i get it i mean you know he, he's potentially missing out on multiple super bowls and he would have been amazing i don't think we would have paid him um but um yeah that was an interesting one whenever he obviously scores and jump, tries to jump in the crowd and that fan kind of gives him a light little you know push yeah, yeah um, just right. doesn't catch him let's just say so it wasn't anything malicious or dirty or anything like that by the fans. So, right. Yep. And then, uh, and then we all know, I think it literally was when the chiefs get the ball back, very first play, you've probably seen it over and over time again, the highlight, but Mahomes scrambles, sees Tyree kill, you know, throws that 75 yard pass to Hill. And it's something like we've seen like almost once a week, it seems like at this point, right. And like defense is still for some reason, let it happen. But, uh, you know, that was just a perfect pass, perfect catch. Uh, you know, what did you think about that play? When Mahomes gets scrambling, right, I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's something going to happen, right? Whether he's going to run it, um, do a sidearm throw or my throw with his left arm, something's going to happen, right? But the way he throws it to defender's back shoulder, right, who is moving as fast as they possibly can to cover the fastest wide receiver in the NFL, Patrick puts it in the best spot and probably the only spot possible that would have resulted in that outcome. Tyreek obviously catches it, runs it into the end zone. Once Tyreek caught it, I was like, there's no way the safety is going to catch him. Um, But it's just amazing to have a player, a person that can make those kind of plays. It's those are things up there with, you know, watching Michael Jordan, when he played, you know, Steph Mm -hmm. Curry, 
LeBron James, some of those things that those players do that you're just like, wow. And, and like you mentioned, right. It seems as though we see those things happen every week, but it was just awesome to see that was going away from the end zone that I'm in. So I got to see every single thing happen and move. Like if I was playing Madden and and you can't even do that on Madden. No. So, I mean, it's just, it was just awesome to see. And once that happened, it was like, man, you could, the roof came off of that place. Um, hypothetically speaking, right? Because we don't really have one. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's say, what about, what was, what was things like for you? Whenever I mean, that I kind of felt like, even though, you know, we mentioned a little bit back that you had that little bit of that momentum swing there when we had that fumble um, that Ben Eman got, but I really thought the momentum turned on that play. Like I really thought that was when it, it really got loud too. I think that's when it was like, you know, it started getting loud. Like that was like the start of all of everything that we're about to talk about. Yeah, all it was like, it was like the third quarter. It was the the step one or, you know, we went to just, okay, we're moving. And then, yeah, without a doubt, once that happened, it was like that place was on fire. And then obviously what happens on the next drive is, uh, is really where, you know, the atmosphere was at full peak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause then we, they obviously, um, they get the ball back. Um, they have four plays uh, and don't hit any yards. They actually get negative yards. Uh, first play, I still remember the first play because I'm right there. It's, it, it's towards the end zone I'm at. Jones just rips around the corner and hits Mayfield. And, like, the first thing that I hear from someone next to me is, like, that was very Derek Thomas-like. Like, I mean, he he ripped around that corner and got him pretty good. Um, it, so that, that started it with it. Um, you know, the crowd was just going crazy. Uh, and then after that, you know, he throws that short pass to Kareem Hunt that he gets like four yards out of. And then uh, obviously that third down play um, that is incomplete. And then the big play on fourth down, which I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but I felt like it was either one of two things on the punt or it was both because I, I felt like this it was so loud during that punt for one, which you know I don't I don't think I've heard a punt that loud that in that we've cheered against in a long time, but I felt like the long snapper either snapped it early, um, or the punter just when he got it he just I don't know if it was it, it was just so like you know nervousness or whatever, but he just dropped it right he dropped it he picked it up and he probably was going to try to do a little pooch, but he he didn't have enough time so he just kind of ran ran around for a minute and then just. <laughs> And then he got, and then and then the crowd just then that was when you know if we had the world record test again we probably would have broke our own record right then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm of the impression that he just dropped it. I watched it a few times, trying to see if I can you know just hear the sound even better through the TV or something like that. But it looks like he just drops it. I think he just ner- nervous. Crowd was going crazy. He knew that he had to get off a good punt. Momentum was on our side. Just drops it. And then, to be honest, from my view, and several times that I've watched it since the game, is I think he still had time to, you know, hit it more than where he ran. Yeah, um, I think but so let's too. say for for us, it's good that he didn't gave up the ball where he did, and then we get into let's say the next drive, right, which ends up resulting in a touchdown for us with uh, what is it, just three plays. Yeah, just three plays. Uh, Kelsey gets that touchdown pass. Try to go for two. Two point didn't really matter at that point. I mean, we're up by we're up by four. So yeah, you yeah, know, we get four the, six is the same thing, right? Yeah. So it, it that didn't bother me at all. We didn't get it. It just kind of a you know added bonus. We did. Uh, they get the ball back. 
and they go three and out. They go three and out. Uh, we get the ball, hoping that uh, you know, hoping that we're just basically going to kill the clock. Which you know, I kind of was like, there was that second down call. Uh, it was obviously that call that Tyreek was clearly, you know, he had the guy had his arm around it. it should have been pass interference. Right. Then they didn't call it. But I thought that that call, we should have ran the ball. Um, they had one timeout left. And, uh, oh, sorry, they had one timeout left. And I was kind of weary of why we called that play because if we would have ran the ball, they would have used their last timeout. And then we would have the third down, which we would have thrown anyways. Um, so that was, so that right there was kind of like, okay, well, that, I mean, obviously, and then they get, then now they get the ball back. Um, you know, but our momentum at that point is just with the crowd and everything. Um, you know, I, I just kind of felt it was going to be kind of hard for them to come down, not only with one touch or sorry, one uh, timeout, but they only had two uh, minutes and like about forty nine seconds uh, for them to actually score a touchdown. So I, I mean, those that last, um, I'll say that, that last drive, um, which ultimately ended up in um, once again, Dirty Dan Sorensen. <laughs> He makes that one play. <laughs> he made he made that little slight there tackle there on Mayfield that basically lodged the ball from it going higher to a little bit lower. And uh, Mike Hughes came up with that interception. Yeah, and I think Baker. I would like to think he was trying to throw it away um, because I mean there were what two Chiefs in that area if I'm not mistaken. So he probably was just gonna toss it into you know the bench, but Sorensen gets him just barely and and changes his. I mean, he's basically tackling him, right? He trips him and changes that arm angle, and it goes just right to Mike Hughes. And sealed the game. Dirty Dan gets his one good play. Yeah. Um, you know, that that clinches something for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, and then, I've, you know, by then the, the game is – or the crowd is going absolutely insane. We realize we won the game. Um, in typical really good game at Arrowhead fashion, some big defensive stop. Um, and that usually involves Daniel Sorensen. And uh, obviously, we just take a few knees. Game's over. Um, you know, watching Arrowhead. You know, last time I was at Arrowhead with that kind of atmosphere was the AFC Championship versus the Titans. And it was just cool to see. Um, obviously, the players chopping it up after the game. Um, I saw Kareem, Kareem talking to Travis and I want to say Patrick as well. So it was just cool to see all that, you know, just kind of go back to the normal NFL football life setup. Yep, yep, yep. You know, I don't, I mean, obviously the, you know, the post-game interviews that they had and the one I, like, I picked out the one was Tyreek, and he said it was so loud that he felt like he was on a Delta flight. Oh, dang. <laughs> and I was like, I, I can't imagine that, you know, obviously because, you know, we hear it from the stands, but I can't imagine how it is on the field. You know what's funny about that? And you mentioned flights. Um, on my way home, I looked it up. What is the decibel level of a jet engine? And it's 170 plus. Yeah. And we're at what? 142 and some change. Yeah. So we are 30 decibels off of what a jet sounds like. And I know you've been on a plane. I've been on a plane. I'm sure most people that listen to us have been on a plane. That is loud. So to your point, I can't imagine what it sounds like there on the field. Um, I, I think it has been. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm not a decimal or not a, you know, sound person at all, but I, I would think, or even an expert, but I would think that that was, that had to been louder than our record. I mean, it had to been, I don't know, maybe by much, but it, it definitely was. 
yeah, there was the passion of just being at a football game again, being con- confined, contained, or whatever you want to call it for, you know, the pandemic and not being able to have full capacity. An amazing game. Um, so, yeah, all of those factors just brought the best out of everyone's lungs. And, man, it was loud. So, if you were – if let's say for those folks that weren't out there, um, I'm sure we'll have another game like that that will be that intense. But it's going to be pretty hard to top the noise from that game. Definitely agree. So, with that, we took, you know, took, like I said, that first game of the season. Uh, we're 1-0. Not only that, but our whole division's 1-0, except for the Raiders who play the Ravens tonight, which we'll actually get into – uh, more of a discussion uh, here in an episode later this week. But right now we'll talk about a little bit of the Ravens. Obviously, um, since they've had Lamar Jackson, he's still not as he still hasn't beaten us yet. Um, you know, we obviously they have some injury issues at running back. They've lost three running backs for the year. Uh, I know Marcus Peters is, you know, gone for the year as well. Um, so it's going to be an intriguing matchup, and it's going to be obviously our first primetime game um, as far as at night because it's going to be a Sunday night football game. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, for your upcoming game in uh, Baltimore? John Harbaugh is a great coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, um, you know, from the Andy Reid tree right there in Philly. Um, lifelong football guy. So I know he'll adjust. And that team will be, you know, competing for an NFC North division title. Um, Lamar Jackson is, um, you know, he, he's been a little bit of controversial, right, with this whole vaccination status or, or what he wants to comment on, which I'm all for. You don't got to tell the media nothing. You know, keep yours. Whatever you want to keep to yourself, you keep to yourself. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust to – New running backs, right? Who is it now? Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray and I can't remember his name. To to Sean John. Um, There's that guy. It's, a Tur- it's like Williams. Or it's like a yeah. Which I guess I could have pulled it up, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust. I think the game plan doesn't change for them. They run the ball. Um, you've got Lamar Jackson, who who still has Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. Um, the rookie wide receiver who I was a big fan of in Rashad Bateman, he's out for a while, so they won't count on him. Then we get a chief that will be out there, right? And Sammy Watkins. And unless I've missed something, he is playing. So he is healthy. Um, like in every first game of the season for us, right? He's healthy. Um, so I think the Ravens will still do well tonight. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they look like, what the finished product is like without Marcus Peters, but they still have Marlon Humphrey. So they're still a very very talented team. They have an amazing coaching coaching staff from everything I've read. Um, John Harbaugh being the, the main guy in charge is always a, a, a good coach that's organized and does well. Um, so I expect them to win. Hopefully the Raiders don't make it too hard for them or they got to um, – I'm sorry, well, I hope the Raiders make it. Um, really hard for them and that they got to pull out all the stops so we can get like a full scouting report. But yeah, um, I don't see how the Raiders can't show up for the first game in the new stadium. So, um, yeah, and, I, and I think that was the main reason. I mean, at least for what I would think of is the NFL because it's, it's obviously they didn't have fans at their stadium at all last year. So I think that's why they wanted to kind of showcase it on Monday night football, the brand new stadium. Yeah. Same thing so, as the Sunday night game. Right. I mean, cause right. I was like, why are the, why are the, why are the Rams and the, Bears playing. They could have put the Chiefs and the Browns, but they wanted to show off. You know, this what's it called, SoFi Stadium in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with tonight with the with the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. With the, I think some people call it like the Darth Vader. Stadium <laughs> yeah, the Darth Black. Vader Stadium. Yeah, it looks cool. Like uh, being a 
a sports enthusiast that appreciates architecture. Um, when I went to the Cowboys game, that place is amazing. Jerry Jonesville or Jerry Jones Stadium, whatever you want to call it, his dream. And it's an amazing place. So I can just imagine what the Raiders uh, new arena looks like. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, we'll see the, them there, uh, you know, sometime this year. As far as uh, one of, I want to say it's in November actually, um, but you know we'll see what them having their fans and our fans there, which hopefully will pack that place just as much um, this year as well. But yeah, so that so that Baltimore game, you know, we obviously we're going to have um, Tyron Matthew back for that game. Andy Reid came out today says we'll have him back. Hopefully Frank Clark will be back. I know he's been kind of on a day to day basis with that hamstring. So him being well, back will be he's nice. not Eric Berry day to day, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. No joke. Um, I don't. I didn't see anything else as far as uh, injuries that came out of our game from yesterday. I mean, I know Hitchens was hurt for a moment there, but he came back, yeah, in. Came back in. So um, I mean, obviously we'll we'll have more on that in here in our future episode if there's any anything further for any injuries or anything like that coming about. So you know, uh, maybe there's not a physical injury, but mentally, there's probably got to be an injury because Lucas yeah. Niang got beat back, right? So yeah. hopefully his mental is okay. And I mean, he's a pro, and I'm I'm totally joking. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, if, if there was a an injury report from a mental perspective, man, that you know that guy's got some resiliency, and and I'm sure they'll work with him. His first ever game, right? But um. Oh, and that he was going against Clowney. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Clowney and Garrett were, yeah, that's that's a heck of a tandem to up, go up against for your new left tackle and your new right tackle. I think Luke, I think you'll be okay, but yeah, man, I just kind of had to throw in that joke there. Um, I no, mean, I hear bro, that. He's, he's he's a pro. He's you know, um, he took the year off last year right because of COVID. So obviously, he's got a good shoulder on his head, making decisions that matter to him and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back. I mean, of course, we'll get more into depth on the uh, the Ravens defense and how Niang and Orlando, you know, get to get to see his old teammates. Yeah, on our on our next episode later this week. Yeah, and actually, we for today's episode are actually out of time, uh, so we'll definitely you know discuss more about here the Ravens coming up. Um, you know, like I said, we'll provide you know any injury news and our basically our final comments going into that. Baltimore game on Sunday night football. So thanks everyone for listening and don't forget or follow our, our podcast. Go Chiefs.